0: There are a million things that we believe that are misconceptions. We know less than a fraction of a percent of all that there is to know. And yet, those things that we hold dear to us, we're very sensitive when they're challenged. We're very sensitive when they're pushed. This is the Military Sherpa Podcast. Left, right, left leadership insights from America's best. With your Military Sherpa, Mark Tilsher. Welcome back, my friends, to the Military Sherpa Podcast. I am your host, Mark. And man, this is just the continuation of our Toxic Followership series. We're actually about to jump in. To five straight weeks where we continue this series, probably going to go on for another eight weeks or so. But I got five weeks in the bank ready to go. And I can't wait. Let's jump into it. I mean, one of the biggest questions I get asked, and I think I keep coming back to this on the podcast, is that people are always asking me, why do we focus so much on leadership? Why don't we focus more on followership? And I think the obvious answer to that question, if we're being honest, is that followers are not going out to buy books on followership, at least not most of us. There are some of us maybe who are curious about how we can be better followers. But most people are going out to buy better leadership books. My guess is that if you wrote the world's greatest book on how to be an amazing follower and you set up a booth right next to the world's most amazing book on how to be a better leader, that the book to be a better leader would have a line out the door and the book to be a better follower. It may have people that were once in the leader line and now want to buy the book for their followers, but generally speaking, people are not beating the door down in self-help to buy a how to be a better follower book. But in this series, we're tackling just that. How do we truly deal with followers? How do we create better followers that ultimately don't turn in to toxic leaders? Because let's be real, if it's left unguided, what happens? Toxic followers turn into toxic leaders. All the same traits that people exhibit as toxic followers, if they don't go away, if they're not weeded out, if we don't do something about them, then inevitably what happens is they become traits in a toxic leader. And these traits that may be cute in a small child are horrible traits in a teenager. These traits that are difficult in a young staff sergeant are terrible traits that we don't want to see manifest in our senior enlisted leaders, our lieutenants into our captains, etc. So back in episode 147, we talked about the first set of toxic follower traits. If you haven't listened to 147, you probably want to pause, go back one episode, digest 147, and then continue on with this episode. You'll thank me, just go back, have a quick listen here waiting for you. So I don't know if I should pause for a second. All right, let's jump in. So we talked about three traits and they were Followers that have something to lose, something to hide, and something to prove. These three traits will wreck our personality. They'll make it very difficult for us to deal with people around us. And so we don't want to be people that have something to lose, have something to hide, and have something to prove. We want to eliminate these things, what we call self-preservation in ourselves. And it's only after we learn to eliminate it in ourselves that we can truly learn to eliminate it in people around us. If you're not doing well in these three areas, if you've got something to lose, hide, or prove, and then you go out and try to squash these things in your people, I promise you it's going to be a difficult road. At best, it's going to be a difficult road. At worst, they're going to see you for the hypocrite that you are. So you're going to have to do some tough work in this insecurity, arrogance, and pride department if you truly want to be able to smash it in people around you. But we talked about that last week. This week, we're going to talk about three more. So that grouping together, something to lose, hide, or prove, is what we call self-preservation. The next three are what we're going to call resistance. And toxic followers exhibit many traits, some of them dealing with lose, hide, and prove. Some of them deal with resistance, this idea that things are harder than they should be. I'm asking you to do things. I'm trying to reward you. I'm trying to give you everything that I think that you need. And yet everything feels harder than it should. Everything feels more difficult than it ought to be. And so this week, we're going to talk about three things, insecurity, arrogance, and pride. And insecurity, arrogance, and pride are real key contributors to toxic followership. But lo and behold, they're also key contributors to toxic leadership. If you have a leader that's insecure, arrogant, or prideful, you're in for a bad day. And if you have a follower that's insecure, arrogant, and prideful, well, guess what? You're in for a bad day. And if you're insecure, arrogant, or prideful, everyone around you is in for a bad day. And everyone around you knows it, so the sooner you do, the better. It's one toolkit, as I always say, self, family, team, organization, community. It's the same thing. These three words apply when we're looking down, when we're looking up, or when we're taking a a tough look in the mirror ourselves. So let's break these three words down, insecurity, arrogance, and pride. And there's sometimes a little bit of a a difficulty, especially when it comes to arrogance and pride. But let's lean in first to insecurity. Now, insecurity is this idea, this internal fear that we have. We can often feel insecurity well up, where sometimes we may not feel as if we're being arrogant. We often can identify and put words to when we feel insecure. It's something that wells up deep inside us. It shakes us to our core and it often stems from things that are deeply seated. Things like feeling inadequate. A feeling of inadequacy can stem from incidents in our childhood. It could stem from things that happened to us early in our career. It can stem from us being threatened by somebody near us. That they're so much better than us, more charismatic than us, smarter than us, bigger than us, stronger than us. All of a sudden, we don't feel adequate anymore. And this insecurity can manifest in a relationship. You go out with your wife. My wife is a 10. You know, I'm a five, probably six at best. My wife is a rock star. If I go out and, you know, some super strapping handsome, actually rich, good-looking man comes up and, you know, starts to try to uh, invest in my wife, insecurity is probably going to well up inside of me. Not because I'm afraid that my wife would ever do something horrible. She wouldn't, man. My wife is amazing. We have four beautiful kids together. She has proven her loyalty time and time again. But it would be my own feeling of inadequacy that would make me respond. Sometimes a feeling of inadequacy pops up when i see my son is having such a great relationship with my daughters and i'm like man i'm not doing such a great job with my little daughters i feel inadequate. So i may treat my son differently because i'm insecure. Irrelevance, this feeling that you're no longer needed can make us feel insecure. We can start to box people out. This is where we start to see a lot of our followers where they don't share information. They set each other up for failure. They go for that job security above team cohesion or fear fear of failure. This fear that we're going to let people down, that we're going to let ourselves down, or that people are going to see us for what we think we truly are, that governed almost my entire career. I would think that I was going to the next job, and that next job would be the one where people would find out just how horrible I really was at what I do. That day never came, right? I continued to ride to the occasion, just like you do. But that fear of failure is deep-seated, and it's universal. All humans feel it to some degree or another degree. So that's the first one. That's insecurity. Insecurity leads to toxic followership. Anytime insecurity enters into the equation, it's going to govern behavior. If it doesn't govern behavior, it's going to influence it. So our job is to become resistance hunters. And when we sniff the slightest amount of insecurity, then we've got to lean into it. We've got to talk about it. We've got to have a conversation about why it exists and what it is that we can do as leaders to start to correct it and to make people feel secure. Maybe they feel like failure because they've been failing. Great. Then we need to sit down and talk about the rehabilitation plan, the training plan, and all the things that we're going to do to make sure they're successful in the future. Maybe it's their fear of being irrelevant, and so we need to tie their mission to the vision and explain to them why they're key to the organization, and not just once, but fifty times, continue to reinforce it over and over. Next up on the chopping block, first we had insecurity. Now we have arrogance, and remember, arrogance and pride. Oftentimes, people get them confused. Arrogance is this belief in our own infallibility. It doesn't mean that everyone who's arrogant believes that they're perfect. But I love to tell the story about we were doing the squadron softball game, and one of the folks was like, oh, play the whole outfield. And it's like, dude, you can't play the whole outfield. You're like, you're being incredibly arrogant right now, and it's going to cost the team everything. We're going to lose because of you. And yet he was arrogant. He believed he could do anything. And this belief in our own infallibility, this overestimation of what it is that we can do, the way that it manifests is in dismissiveness. If you have a follower that's dismissive of you, that's really bad. But if you have a follower that's dismissive of their teammates and their perspective, assuming that they have nothing to learn from them or that they're smarter than all that they know better, first of all, you know they don't. My kids don't know. I had to have a conversation with my big kids the other day and literally had to look them in the eye and go, hey guys, you, you can't trust yourself and you need the wisdom of your elders to help guide you. And let me show you some examples. Remember when you really believed this and you thought that was your future? Remember when you really believed that? How would you feel if I had let you follow that? And like, Oh, I feel horrible. That would have not been the future I would have wanted. It's like bingo we got to work through this together. You don't know, but we want the best for you. You want the best for you. We love you. You love us. Let's work on your future together. And sometimes you have to let your kids make mistakes. It's not like we can shelter them for everything. Just like you have to let your followers make mistakes. But anytime arrogance pops up, anytime dismissiveness pops up, anytime this, this overestimation of one's abilities that leads to the destruction of the team or prevents us from being all that we can be. It's something that we've got to take on, we've got to tackle, we've got to address because it is one of the roots of toxic leadership and it manifests early in toxic followers. I promise you that that arrogant command chief was once an arrogant staff sergeant, that that arrogant captain was once an arrogant lieutenant. I promise you that it didn't just pop up overnight. It was brewing and percolating for years, maybe decades Nobody did anything. Nobody pulled the steam valve. And it just got worse and it got worse and it got worse. And last is pride. And arrogance sounds like pride. Again, I know I'd continue to harp on that, but pride, it's a deeply held belief, a sensitivity to something internal. And it could be not a belief. It could be an insensitivity to the the nose that I have on my face, to the eyebrows I have above my eyes, to my hair. Do I look at like an insecurity about those things can often stem from a pride, a deeply personal feeling, a heightened sensitivity to how I look, how I'm perceived, how I act. And pride manifests itself as defensiveness. You correct someone, they defend their behavior, you challenge them. They can't have a civilized conversation about disagreements, they, they get upset, angry. And you see this all the time on the internet, right? People get challenged on their beliefs. I'm on the left and you're on the right, or I'm on the right and you're on the left. I believe this about that and you don't believe that. And instead of having a conversation, what do we see? An explosion of emotion. And that explosion of emotion can be a result, of course, of immaturity. But it can also be a result and often is a result of a combination of insecurity, arrogance, and pride. They're insecure in their position. They don't know what they believe that they know. And yet they're arrogant. They believe that their way is the only way. And then pride, they have this sensitivity to being pointed out, to being picked on. Have you ever considered this? And their conversation is over. It's like, why is the conversation over? talk about this? It's like, no, we can't talk about this because I'm too prideful to open up that part of myself to consider being wrong. And you are wrong. You're wrong about a thousand plus things before you eat dinner every day. You have no idea how many things you believe that are incorrect. Like a hundred years from now, we're going to look back at modern medicine and go, man, I cannot believe we ever did that. People are going to say like, I can't believe we ever irradiated people for cancer. Why didn't we just inject them with this root that we found? Whatever. There are a million things that we believe that are misconceptions. We know less than a fraction of a percent of all that there is to know. And yet those things that we hold dear to us we're very sensitive when they're challenged. We're very sensitive when they're pushed. And a big part of this in Western society, certainly is we were taught not to talk about religion and politics, and it's created a sensitivity to those topics that somehow now we can't talk about them. So it's critical to us that when we hear defensiveness, that we sit with our subordinates and we ask, hey, how do you think people around you perceive that? Hey, why do you think that you had an emotional reaction to what they said? Hey, why do you think this area is something that's kind of off limits to talk about? Hey, why, we've got to discuss these things. Insecurity, arrogance, and pride are toxic to your organization. They make for toxic followers. They undermine your influence and your leadership ability, and they lower, and this is the key here, they lower the performance of your team. And if you need anything else about arrogance and pride, just think of it this way. Arrogance pushes people away, and pride is about withdrawing into the shell. Pride often buttons up and doubles down, where arrogance is often more brash and external. And so we need to figure these things out through conversation. And the benefit of doing that is, goodness gracious, once you understand the nuances of these things, you can become called a resistance hunter. These three things make things more difficult than they ought to be. They make life harder than it should be. They make every conversation more difficult than we want it to be. And when these traits, these small nuances in behavior are not addressed young, they grow because as an individual achieves success, they're going to believe that what got them here was good, was right, was true, and they need to do more of it. And the more insecurity, arrogance, and pride manifest as you climb up the social ladder, the more you're going to lean into them as you go. And unfortunately, in the military, you can't fire people. And often, they get into a position of power that is so entrenched that you can't do anything about it anyway, unless it's an incident that requires an external or- organization or agency like MEO or the IG. If we do this, if we can address these things, if your subordinates see you address them and you address them in a positive way and it leads to a positive outcome and we redeem these individuals, they come back into the fold. Well, what happens? We strengthen the bonds and the people on our team can start to trust that when difficult things come up and difficult people come up and difficult topics come up, we have the ability to deal with them. And More than that, you have the ability as a leader to identify them and they can trust you. They can depend on the fact that if something goes wrong, you're going to be there. And that means the future is not nearly as scary as they can can follow you into hell because they know that you've got their back. And when we do this, camaraderie explodes. People feel seen. They feel heard. They feel appreciated. Here's what I want you to do this week. I want you to think about where you display. Where do you display insecurity, arrogance, and pride? Where do you display these things? And then if you are displaying them, how can you apologize? Why do you think that you're displaying them? And then once you get through that, I want you to think about your team. Who on your team right now, if you had to say that there's one person in each of these categories, who's the one person that demonstrates the most insecurity? Who's the one person that demonstrates the most arrogance? Who's the one person in your life that demonstrates the most pride? Think about one face for each of those words, insecurity, arrogance, and pride. And what can you do to help them? What can you do to address it? What conversation can you have? What compliment can you give? What behavior can you hold them accountable to? And if you think of something, send it to me in an email, mark at militarysherpa.com. I would love to read all about it. And you can do one thing for me this week as well. Guys, I'm collecting right now podcast reviews. Our podcast gets thousands and thousands of downloads. We have 67 reviews. So help a brother out. Go out to uh, podcast.militarysherpa.com or wherever you're listening to this right now. Take two seconds to just leave me a review. I would appreciate it. I'll take a one-star you know, I love five stars. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. The next three episodes are going to be on uh, a tool that I created last year. One of my favorite tools, it's called the empowerment hierarchy. And that's where we dig into where do we, how do we meet followers where they are and how do we get them to the next level? I can't wait to share some of those secrets with you. I will see you next Monday. Thanks for listening to the Military Sherpa Podcast with Mark Tilsher.